everybody. Welcome back. This is Food for Thought Thoughts, if it were you, and I'm your host, Neil Gentrix. I hope you guys have been having a good week. Uh, hope you had a good June. School's over, for, except for those who have to do summer school. I do sincerely apologize. But for those of us who are still out and trying to make a living, today's topic is on delegation skills. Last time we covered time management skills, I said I was going to cover how to minimize distractions and time wasters. I will. Um, but first let's go ahead and cover delegation so you know what I mean by that and how it works okay besides one of the most important questions to ask or that people should ask themselves is you know if you want to delegate a task whether at home or in the workplace you know how much control ask yourself this how much control do you really want over the task Keep in mind that the more control you have over the task, the more practical it'll be to have it done and the other person will do it, but that means that it, there'll be a lot of snags, they'll have to constantly keep stopping to ask you questions, so, you know, kind of weigh your options with that. But to be honest, to answer this question, um, and the way we're going to answer it will drive you to delegate the task, how often uh, you meet the, with the person doing that task, and, you know, the level of detail you want to do. And this is something that I want to make known because just because you delegate a task doesn't mean that it's out of your hands. You're still responsible for it. You know, once more, saying that you want one level of control when actually you want another is likely to confuse your team and make them anxious and less effective. So it really is important that you know what you want to communicate and how clearly you communicate it. Otherwise, you're just going to confuse the heck out of everybody. Okay? Something to keep in mind is to know the difference between no control and total control, which I wish a lot of people did understand. So let's get into it. All right, everybody, we're back. So, like I said before, between no control and taking total control, there is a huge difference. Think of control over the task as being shared in some way between the leader, uh, that is, the person delegating the, the work, and the people who actually follow doing, you know, the work. Okay? The level of control can vary from the leader being in total control to the followers being in total control. I mean, there's a whole spectrum of shared control between both. It just depends on if the leader is in total control or not and that's a leadership style okay now that's a whole nother thing entirely I'll cover that later but anyway the leadership style being used here is likely to be either commanding or pace setting uh, shared control also could be authoritative and visionary but that, again that depends on the person the leader relies on the quality of their vision to bring the team together that's typically what that means or it could be the, uh, the um, what's the word, democratic, or coaching, or affiliative. It, I mean, all of which are very much linked to dialogue. It depends on how you carry yourself, how you choose to go about, uh, you know, distributing the workload, and how much, again, how much control you give. So total control lying with the followers it's not often seen though it does happen and because of the level of risk to the leader that's involved it's more commonly described as a 
laissez-faire relationship, if you know what I mean. Which should give you some idea of the level of esteem in which, you know, it's it's not held by the leadership uh, gurus out there and the people in charge. So, it's not typically something done because it just, it's problematic, it's chaotic, it's unorganized. I mean, there's plenty of evidence from psychology that one of the most stressful conditions in work or life is the lack of control of what you can do and what you can't do. And, you know, for most people, most of us, we can cope with most of our problems, but lack of control leaves us unmotivated, even depressed, or stressed, tired, don't want to do nothing. This explains why commanding and pace-setting leaderships can't be used for very long without profound effects on you or your team. It's also what explains why the laissez-faire uh, relationship is not seen very often because it's very stressful for the leader not knowing what's going on and giving his team full control over whatever the project is. everybody let's go ahead and talk about the nine different levels of delegation that exist with the level of control in mind uh, we can then you know move on to things that uh, and think about how you choose to delegate your work or tasks and you know Tim what's his name Tim Brighouse I do believe his name was the former schools commissioner for London he divide he defined nine levels of delegation in which you know people are aware of and use okay and the first one is look into this problem give me all the facts I will then decide what to do that's the first level this is what you would tell the person that you're trying to delegate the test to to see if they're competent I'm assuming based off of the fact that you know he's basically giving him a task to see if he what 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 results result uh, resound from that and then decides to go forward Second would be, let me know the options available with the pros and cons of each. I will decide what to select. This keeps you in control, but still giving your uh, delegee or uh, person that you're assigning the task to some freedom. Where he thinks he's in full control, but you're still the one commanding the, li the line. Three, let me know the criteria for your recommendation, which alternatives you have identified, and which one appears best to you with any risks identified. I will make the decision. Moving even further down the list, seeing how you're, you're still retaining a lot of control here, but you're still giving him the freedom to move. Four, recommend a course of action for my approval. Okay, they feel like they have a say, they're going to be more happy to... Uh, to do whatever it is you're asking them to do. Okay, let me know what you intend to do. Five, delay action until I approve that, though, so we know that we're moving forward. Then six, let me know what you intend to do, but don't do it unless I say to do it. Okay, or rather, do it, whatever you're intending to do, unless I tell you to stop. Okay, then we move on to seven. I need you to take action. You know what you did 
we know how it turns out. If they're progressing fast and effectively, then we move on to step eight. Again, take action. Communicate with me only if the action is unsuccessful. This lets them know that they that you trust them, and at the same time, it still gives you that feeling of control that you wouldn't otherwise had if you had just given them the task and said, "Here, figure it out." And then nine, take action. No further communication with me is necessary. Uh, you know, as such, you're just assigning them the complete task. There are nine levels, okay? Everybody's going to be one of these nine levels. Some people progress down the nine levels as they get better and better and better with the tasks they're doing. That one's rare, but as I said, each one of these levels is a different person. Some people are more of a hands-free type of person. Some people want to still have some hands-on. Some people want to do almost everything, okay? At this point, it'll be immediately apparent that there is a huge, or rather there is huge potential for problems if you want to know exactly what is going on, but your subordinates has received the message that you don't want any further information. But delegating the work is obviously a lot more complicated than it looks at first sight. When you consider all these different uh, tasks and assignments and things that have to be considered, you know, when assigning a task to somebody. I just want y'all to keep that in mind. It's just some stuff to keep in mind. There's a lot to consider. There's a lot of thoughts, or rather a lot of food for thought here when it comes down to delegating tasks to people. everybody we're coming into the home stretch key skills when it comes to delegating work that everybody should know okay from what I've already covered so far even though it's just a little bit like I said it's just something to keep in mind for you something to think about when you're delegating work while delegating may be complicated and I mean you can see it, it's clearly uh, complicated in some aspects depending on what you are or the type of person you are there are actually only two principal skill areas needed for successful delegation of tasks, okay? One, be aware what level you, oh, I'm sorry, what level of control, that's what I want to say. Be aware of what level of control you want and need, okay? Which means, uh, which needs higher levels of self-awareness and which ones don't. Good leaders are intrinsically self-aware and understand how they like to work. They understand themselves better than other people uh, uh, see them. Okay, and this goes hand in hand with emotional intelligence, which I've covered before. So keep that in mind if you're wondering about your self-awareness and you know how to improve that. But what I'm saying is the best leaders are also aware of how their subordinates like to work and strive to find a balance between the two to allow their subordinates to grow and develop in their job and function properly while you still remain in control and, you know, working where you're comfortable. You can find out how much control people like by asking them. Some people will straight up tell you. And then negotiating, negotiating a level of delegation that fits both your preferences where you both can be happy. Now, while this does offer some compromise, it's more comparable. Okay? That way, you end up with a win-win situation instead of a lose-lose situation. Now, if you want to know about negotiation skills or what is negotiation, I will cover that next time. So, 
you know, look forward to that. Um, again, that's another thing for another day. Moving on to number two, make sure that you are absolutely clear with your subordinates what level of delegation you have used. This requires strong communication skills, though, and as I've mentioned before, interpersonal communication skills, verbal skills, all of these things are important. I've covered them before. Feel free to go back and look for those podcasts, you know, and listen to them, okay? Delegation is not just a work skill, okay? The nine levels of delegation work with children as well. For example, you might want your children to tidy up their rooms. In a level one delegation, you say, please go and have a look at your room. Come back and tell me how long you think it might take you to tidy up. And then I will decide whether you have time to do it before school. It doesn't leave the child much room to maneuver, but, you know, nor does it give them much of a chance to develop their own skills and take control of their lives. So that's definitely something you may not do. In a level six delegation, you might say, please go have a look at your room and come back and tell me what you think, uh, when you think you might be able to tidy it. Once you've told me uh, when you're going to do it, I expect you to get on it and do it. You might need to remind them later, but you are reminding them about a commitment which they made to you rather than an order you gave to them. And then, you know, they as partners in the task and its timing, the control is shared and they're more willing to do it even if they still fuss and complain, all things considered. But now looking at level nine, okay? In a level nine delegation, you might say, your room really needs tidying and I don't mind when you do it, but it has to be tidy by the time you go away at, uh, you know, on the weekend. I'm probably a teenager at this point or something. Is that okay? You are putting a high degree of trust in your child to do as you ask. The level of delegation doesn't really give you any option to say, have you done it yet? Because the answer is not unreasonably. It's not, you know, it's likely to be, uh, you said you don't mind when I do it. Why are you nagging me? You know, and then they're just not going to do anything. All right. But like so many skills, delegation can be broken down into a relatively straightforward set of skills. And, you know, in this case, communication and self-awareness are the main two. And, you know, however, like many others, it takes a fair bit of practice before you're really comfortable with doing this. And I want people to understand it doesn't happen overnight. None of these skills happen overnight. It's just something to consider, you know, when working on yourself. Okay. To get better, it's a good idea to practice consciously using the different levels of delegation so that you become more familiar with the type of language needed for each one and are able to use them comfortably so you'll then be able to flex your style and fit the task and help the people around you to whom you're delegating the task to, okay? At any rate, that's it for today, guys. I hope you all enjoy the rest of your day. I hope you all enjoy this podcast. This is Neogentrix again with Food for Thought Season 2. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Peace!